It's the Dogcast, episode number 460. Real football is almost here. We're going to wrap up fall camp and get ready for Austin Pee Week. dog fans it's the dog cast episode number 460 and holy crap it is time for football jamie we're in the bunker the west end zone is almost finished they're still hammering away up there freaking cutting concrete the guys with the hot dogs and the pretzels are coming in they're loading in sodas and cups man it's football time baby this back i mean tomorrow's they're cutting the ribbon for the west end zone or is it Friday they're cutting the ribbon? They're cutting it close is what they're doing. So they are cutting it close. I want to, yeah, it's not finished. I think the ribbon cutting is going to be next Friday. Yes, Friday. I'm, I'm already, yeah, it ain't quite ready. I'm already like a day away from going to Athens in my mind. <laughs> You're fast-forwarding, right? Absolutely. I'm ready to oh, get there. Man, I'm telling you what, I am so ready, dude. Uh, you know, Sunday school's all fired up. Everybody's talking about football, and uh, man, I mean, uh, I'm excited. I am really, really excited. This time next week, we will have had a whole weekend worth of games to talk about. You know, um, let's talk about what's been going on though. We have had to have some practices. This is the fall camp wrap up, guys. This is not. The Austin P pregame show, which we'll do on schedule Wednesday night. We're back to regularly scheduled programming here in the bunker. Uh, pregame shows Wednesday night, postgame shows Sunday night. But this show is not that show. This is the fall camp wrap up. Even though, Jamie, I think we've already started installing. I think we're already damn game planning for South Carolina. I hate to say that the guys might be looking past Austin P, but we are really already installing game plan for South Carolina. Oh, I agree. We should be able to I mean, we're going to have a game plan for Austin P. <laughs> yeah. We should be able we should be at a point where we should start working on South Carolina now. At least part of the practice. Definitely. A part of the practice is installing game plan for South Carolina, and that's been the case now for about a week. So uh, we're working on game plan now for South Carolina, getting ready for Austin P. The West End Zone project not quite finished. Uh, that was supposed to be finished by now, but um, they're still working on that, right? That is not 100%. But um, the big news out of the past week, Jamie, since we did the last show, was uh, Zamir White. Ouch, yeah. that, that's the big news. Unfortunately, the big news is bad news, but that's the news. And, and for me, I, I just got to tell everybody, and, and I think you'll agree, Derek, don't panic. No. I, I hate it for Zeus, but don't panic. I was asked last week by um, a writer for Fansided, he asked me what you know what my thoughts were on the Zamir White injury, and I I just I don't think it changes the game plan much in the first three or four games. 
Uh, I totally agree. In fact, if you've listened to this show, Jamie, if you remember, I was a little ahead of you on this. I was already saying that I didn't think Zamir White was going to get that many carries. I actually called for a possible red shirt of Zeus this year because, as everybody, we've been talking, even though Zeus was running at full speed, James Cook has been the guy that's been impressing in practice. And he's been, I feel like, pretty clear leader for that three spot on the roster, right? Um, you know, there's not been a lot of talk about Brian Harrion this spring in this, in the fall camp. Right. And, um, James Cook is, I think in a more competitive position, even before Zeus's injury, if you want to reference episode number 459 and 458. So, um, no, actually, that would be 459, not 458. <laughs> but in, in the last show, in the last show we talked about, I called the red shirt on Zamir, and uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to get hurt. I just thought he wasn't quite game ready, right? And I mean, I'm not, I'm also not trying to say that like I don't think, I do not want anybody to think that the dogcast is throwing in with this. He shouldn't have been covering punts thing or whatever. No, That's he should crap. absolutely be covering punts. He should absolutely be working special teams. He was doing all the right things. The coaching staff was doing all the right things. He's just as damn likely. It wasn't even a contact thing that hurt it. I mean, it wasn't really a contact problem. He didn't get hit. He was just engaged on a block. You know, he could have easily – that could have happened on a damn swing-out halfback pass, right? I mean, it just happens, man. It's football, you know? Talk to Trenton, talk to Trenton Sturdivant, right? Right. That happens. So, it's football, and you're right. James Cook, I'm, his name is getting called as much as anybody from fall camp. Absolutely. Right. Guys like on the defense, everybody's talking about James Cook, man. Right. Monty Rice just the other day said something along the lines, don't quote me here, it's like he's never played against a running back quite like Cook. Said he has his own style, he's very unique, and you can't, his words were, I think you can't be looking at the the QB when covering Cook or he's going to catch a touchdown pass. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you that what people have been saying and what we've seen in the little bit of practice that has been open to the public and open to the media, um, he is a very unusual guy. The way he runs the ball, he doesn't look like any kind of running back you've seen. He doesn't carry the ball like any kind of running back you've seen. I'll tell you what he looks like. And, and I was listening to Swift talk about him. Swift said, you know, he has a very unusual style. His he's not a one cut kind of and make you miss kind of guy, but he is a he's like Sony Michelle with an extra gear. Have you heard guys say that? I've, you know, I've, I've heard the Sony comparisons. Yes, I've heard. He's Sony like Sony, little, but faster, faster, but a little lighter as well. Yeah, and but yeah, he is a little lighter. But I'll tell you that I'll tell you what he reminds me of more than Sony Michelle. And uh, you guys are gonna get if Sony Michelle, he's about forty percent Sony Michelle. No, thirty five percent Sony Michelle and sixty five percent Nosha Moreno. Wow. That's who he reminds me of, dude. He's fast, but it's not just the speed. If you remember. There was a thing I liked about Noshan. He ran the ball like he was pissed off about it. And when he got tackled, he would jump up off the ground like it was on fire. Yes, he right? 
he that dude he had an attitude about being on the field like he just ran and played like he was mad about it you know and that is what i see in this kid cook he runs the ball and he just runs with an attitude. He's super smooth and super fast, and he's very – he's lightweight and shifty and change of pace and all that. But I'm telling you, he he runs like he's pissed off about everything, and I kind of like that. I kind of dig it. I like that no Sean Moreno angle. Um, so I think people are going to be really surprised and pleasantly surprised at what this guy can do on a swing-out pass out of the backfield in the flat what this guy can do in space, you know. Um, James Cook is the story right now. He's the up-and-coming story at running back. Not to say that DeAndre Swift is not going to be a beast. DeAndre Swift, Swift is the feature back, feature carrier, most carries. He's the man. Don't get me wrong. But Holyfield and Cook and Harrion are going to get some yards. Well, yeah, I agree. And Jeremy on Facebook asked me, before, right before we started the show, what we thought about Elijah Holyfield. Is he worthy of number two running back reps? And I waited to answer live. What do you think, Derek? What are your thoughts well, on that? Hey, my, my thoughts are, at this point, with, with this staff that we've got in the backfield, He's absolutely worthy. He's put in the work. He's bulked up. His speed is there. He is a punishing. He is going to be, if anything, he's the Nick. He's the new. You know, he's the hammer. The new Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, Swift is Swift, right? He's good, and he's really he's good with like the spin move. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the term, but he's not like a human joystick kind of guy. But Swift and Cook are a lot more Sony Michelle like. Holyfield is a lot more like Chubb. That, They're and, a lot more agile, for real. They 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 have moves where Chubb was a more between the tackles, just in your face type of back. Good call. Yes, Holyfield and that's where Holyfield he Holyfield is that guy. Mash the ball through your face mask. They didn't get a ton of looks last year, but towards the end of the season. Holyfield looked really good toting the rock. In fact, I told my wife, I was like, I think I might have missed on him. He may really have a breakout year next year. Speaking yeah. of this year. Sure. And I'll tell you, you know, something magical happens to underclassmen when the senior stars move on, right? When a guy starts to put it together, look at Riley Ridley in the national championship game, right? When you're when that security blanket of upperclassmen leaves Man, you have to start putting things together in your head. And some guys just naturally step up into those leadership roles. Andrew Thomas on offensive line, Holyfield and Swift. I'm telling and from. I mean, not that from was not already running things, but I'm telling you, there's gonna be there's gonna be a quantum leap in Jake Fromm's leadership ability from last year to this year. He is installed as the man, right? He is the man. He is the, you know, did you see some guy said this week, he's as good at running the offense as Roquan was running the defense. I'm like, well, hell, I should damn sure hope so, right? I mean, holy shit, that that should be the minimum expectation, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I Fromm did all this on the fly last year. I mean, he had a lot of critics. A lot of people praised Fromm because he managed and got us – 
in the national championship game. But I heard a lot about arm strength, this, that, the other. I mean, he, he he did everything on the fly. He he enrolled early, but running the SEC offense as a freshman is is a hard task in itself. But getting one to the national championship is. I mean, nearly impossible. I, I can't count how many times I've seen it done. Uh, Hell yeah. And every damn week, even in the National Championship, I watched the National Championship replay the other day. How? Most most of it. I, I watched most of it. I watch it. <laughs> Dude, I didn't want to watch it, but I watched about three quarters. Um, I watched about midway of the third quarter. That was all I could stand. I'm telling you, it was like... It was like sticking my finger in an electrical socket, right? I I didn't want to do it, and then it sucked, And but I stayed with it as long as I could. But even in that game, they were still talking that bull crap about, oh, well, we're going to, you know, all the way from South Bend. Well, we'll see how he does in a big start on the road. Well, we'll see how he does in a big SEC game at home. Well, this is his first SEC game on the road. Well, this is the SEC championship. Well, it's the national championship. You know, they doubted him at every turn, every week. They were like, well, how will he respond this week? You know, we're not going to have that this year. That The time for that kind of talk is over with, right? So... This year, we're going to see what's up, and he is going to be the firmly installed leader of the team right from the jump. Oh, there's no doubt. He's going to be the leader, but Justin Fields will be coming off the bench game one. No doubt. No doubt. Game one, and he's going to play in at least four games. I can tell you that for damn sure. Four games at least for Fields. But... um, I know you got him playing in every game of the season. I, I just think you have to, and I would be—I would prefer that he was fine playing in four games with, with red shirt. And you know he's not. You know he's not. He's too talented. <laughs> sure, he's way too talented for that, right? right? Um. So we had we had a big scrimmage in Sanford last week. Zeus blew out his leg, his good leg, which is what really sucked about it. I mean, I—I I don't know. It's terrible news for the kid. Herschel had some great. Herschel put in some great words in there for him, though, really encouraged him this week. Um, and I think Zeus is going to be – I think Zeus is going to be okay, man. I mean, he is the number one running back in the country, right? If I mean, if anybody can make that comeback, I think he can do it, right? I think he's got the talent. He's got talent. He's got a margin of talent. So – he, I feel like he's going to be okay, man, next year. It's not like Ron Corson doesn't have experience bringing guys like Gurley and Chubb back from the brink, right? Um, and not to mention Trenton Sturdivant. <laughs> he can totally be done, right? He can totally be done. Absolutely. Here's a good thing. He doesn't have to rush back now. I mean, he, he can take the entire year just about to, to rehab – finish rehabbing his right knee while his left knee is rehabbing. I think he's going to be fine. Everybody says, well, that's, that's, that's career-ending type of stuff. You tear your right and then your left or whichever way it went. But I, there was a time if you tore two ACLs, good luck walking again. But, I mean, sure, we're not in those times anymore. You're right. And, it, I mean, hell, the other leg, dude, we just started over, right? We just started over. I mean – he started that process over. He brought one leg back. He can bring the other leg back, right? I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a damn doctor. I I, th- I believe in Ron Corson, right? That's the deal. I believe in Ron Corson, and I think it's going to be okay. I'm with you on that, 100%. So, do you see, 
freaking South Carolina taking a page out of Tennessee's book, installing new turf at their field, you know, six days before they have to play a damn football game on it. Yeah, there'll be divots everywhere. 90,000 square feet of grass, and they're like, oh, yeah, it won't be a problem. No problem. I'm like, wow. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. That's uh, thanks. Thanks for that, South Carolina. Um, South Carolina installing new turf. That's just great. We don't have to go to Neyland this year. Now we have to go to Billy B and uh, worry about injuries there at the Billy B next in two weeks, two weeks from yesterday. Um, I tell you, Jamie, I got my tickets for South Carolina and I'm on the 50 yard line. Best tickets I've ever had for South Carolina. Pretty excited. On the visitor side, 50-yard line. Pretty excited about that. I don't know if we got any listeners that are going to be at the South Carolina game, but I'm going to be tailgating right in the middle of the fairground parking lot. If anybody wants to hook up over there, we could totally do that in Columbia. And are you going to that South Carolina game, Jamie? Did we talk about that? I did. I will be at South Carolina. My road games this year are going to be South Carolina and LSU. Yes. So that's what I really want to talk about. I also, we're also, Dogcast is traveling to South Carolina and LSU. Dogcast will also be tailgating in our regular spot on the railroad lot in the mulch along Thomas Street. If you know where that is, you know where it is. Um, we're in that little mulch bed <laughs> right beside Thomas Street um, where we always are. So we'll be back in the railroad lot this year. Me and Jamie should be there for a lot of games. Um, Austin P is coming up this weekend. But we will definitely be at the South Carolina game and the LSU game. And um, I just booked all my stuff for New Orleans Jamie, we're doing New Orleans. We're flying in and out of New Orleans and staying at the Superdome. And we're doing like the party bus from New Orleans to um, Baton Rouge and back. Well, I'll tell my wife that because she's already determined that we're staying in New Orleans as well. Yes. I I know she's booked. She handles the hotels. I handle the arrangements, getting games and stuff. She does hotels. I know she's booked South Carolina. I don't know for sure about New Orleans, but I know it's New well, Orleans and not Baton Rouge. I know that for sure. We, we need to definitely do a listener meetup, right? So if we have listeners, if you guys are going to be at the LSU game, I know we're friends with the guys from the LSU podcast, um, the Valley Shook. Those guys are old school. They're almost as old as the dog cast. Those guys over at the LSU podcast are good friends of the show. They've been around, man, they're they're over 10 years as well, Jamie. Those guys, they are, man, they were doing LSU podcasts when you were, uh, I don't know, I don't know, damn third grade or something, something like that. I'm not sure. Who, me? I'm just kidding, dude. I'm just kidding. I wish. I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, guys, we are planning big trips from South Carolina and LSU, and we would love to meet you guys, love to hang out with you in enemy territory. We're going to do the party bus. If you guys are interested in where we're staying, where we're tailgating, if you guys want to get hooked up with us on the road, we are down for LSU and South Carolina this year, as well as all of the home games, as always. We would love to have you guys come out and visit with us. Um the Austin P plan is a little spongy right now because hey, Austin P. It's Austin P. I'm the same old. It's, it's a little spongy. I'll definitely be there. I don't know about the extent of the tailgate, but we will definitely be there drinking some adult beverages. We'll talk more about that on the pregame show, but I just want to get out the deal that LSU and South Carolina are on. And our good friend 
John Myers, not John Smart. I got John Myers. I got John Smart stuck on the brain the other day. John Myers is the official bartender of the podcast, and he is busy working on his fourth cocktail in a year. And he comes out with the cocktail every year, and we should have the recipe for the Austin P pregame show coming out this Wednesday. I'm excited because John comes up with the best cocktails but he also comes up with a great backstory the backstory of the cocktail is really what makes it right anybody can pour down a mixer and a liquor together but john comes up with the the interesting classic backstory so we're all waiting for that this wednesday as well what else have you got on the tip of your tongue mr jamie tip new dog i've got I got several things I'm, and, and stuff I want to talk, touch on, and talk about. Get it. And one of them was coming up: Oregon. Oh yeah. Twenty twenty-two at a neutral site. You know the red and black. I hate to say Mercedes-Benz dome there down in Atlanta. Yeah. We'll Doesn't BMW dome. It doesn't feel very neutral, does it? I mean, <laughs> not if you're Oregon. I'll tell you that. I told somebody uh, on Twitter, I was like, it's going to be as neutral as the Rose Bowl and South Bend was. I mean, we travel. So if you think we're not going to travel in Atlanta, it wouldn't matter if it had been in Oregon. You don't think we're going to fill up Oregon sta- Stadium? Sure. Of course, right? right? But I'll tell you, they're gonna, we're going to blow Oregon's ass away. They're, no, they're, not, even gonna, they're, not, they're not even going to believe what's going to happen. No, that herky jerky offense they run is not. That's one thing that Kirby Smart and his defense does. That getting the quarterback outside, and making plays, that doesn't happen often. No, no, I'm looking forward to that 2022, uh, the Chick Fil A kickoff, uh, the Peach Bowl kind of kickoff kind of thing there in the in the Georgia Dome with Oregon. That's fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not overlooking 2020, but I believe we have Virginia in the in the kickoff as well in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I don't uh, care at all, Virginia. Yeah, it's, it's close Come on, home. I'll make that ride. Oh yeah, I'll make the ride, but I'm 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 even less interested in Virginia than I am Oregon. Well, what I'm interested in really is the talk of Texas. That's so far away. 2028. We're talking ten years, but get putting Texas on this on the schedule is nice. Hey, yeah, I like it. Now you talk about a game. You talk about a game that people are going to be interested in, man. Yeah, I mean, George about a, a home and home with with those guys, so that would even be yes, better. yeah, it would be amazing. And you're right. I mean, Texas, that's a marquee destination on the order of, I mean, it's not as big as Notre Dame, but that's pretty damn big. That that is a marquee, you know, that's a top tier marquee football destination. I feel like I, I would definitely be interesting going to texas and seeing that game oh i'd love it and that was kind of when we talked about a couple episodes back of scheduling power five teams texas was on the top of my list just for recruiting purposes the deeper we can get rooted in texas with some of those kids the better off we'll be i agree and you know i mean also just how much more fun is georgia football nowadays right than just say three or four years ago i mean just, I'm telling you, the whole attitude, I mean, of course you have all the bandwagon people, holy crap, the stickers, the shirts, everybody is a huge lifelong dog fan now, right? Everybody is all in on the Bulldogs, right? And, and you know, 
whatever you think about that. I don't know if you think that's a good thing or you think those people suck or whatever. But the, the, the fact is everybody's just more excited. People are excited. Hell, we're like, hell yeah, play Texas in Texas, Oregon in Oregon. Hell, we don't care. We go anywhere. We travel anywhere. We're excited and we're coming to win. The culture change, you know, it started, it really started I mean, I really saw the evidence last year. I, I keep going back to that whole – that Mississippi State game with the second-string defense on the field. The way Kirby was chewing their ass for giving up that touchdown late in that Mississippi State game last year. And I was like, man, I have not seen that before. And I'm just telling you, the culture change is complete from the field to the stands. It is now like like it – maybe was back in the 80s when we went into a game and we expected to win. When you put up four fingers in the fourth quarter because it actually meant something because you felt like your players were better damn conditioned than the other side, right? It wasn't just a little dance you did at the start of the fourth quarter. It meant something, right? We expected to win games. We did not expect to wet the bed, you know? But now it's different. Now we are back on the righteous path. <laughs> Things are like they should be. The expectations and the feeling around Athens feels a lot like the good old days, right? Abs- I mean, it's, it, it's, it's just a new day. The good old days that some people experienced, I missed it. I, I remember the national championship, but I was, I was in kindergarten. So, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just we've we've arrived. We've arrived. We're the hottest team in football. I don't care what if, if people can like it or hate it. That's what we. I'm not saying we're the best team. We're the hottest team in football. And Kirby Smart's the hottest coach in football. Everywhere you turn, there's another media outlet saying something positive or negative about us. And be it positive or negative, media attention is media attention. They're not talking about us for no reason. Right. That's exactly right. It is a fun thing. It's just fun to talk about Georgia football right now. Hell, everybody's excited. Everybody's fired up. And, you know, now we've got to execute. Now it is the time when we have to actually execute. We got to go to Columbia and beat South Carolina, right? We got to let Tennessee come in. I mean, you remember the Tennessee game from two years ago in Athens? You remember turning around and talking. Dude, I remember turning around, talking trash to Tennessee fans with what? We had 14 seconds on the clock or some shit like that. Yeah, it was over. It was over. Lights out, right? And then it wasn't over. So you got to still execute, brother. But man, I, I, hell, you remember that season two years ago, Kirby's first year, we lost four games, man, four games that hurt brother. I mean, that Tennessee game, that Georgia tech game, those games hurt to the bone. That was, (laughs) I remember that, that Tennessee game so well. In fact, Derek, that was the crystal tailgate. Yes. Crystal burgers, baby. Crystal burgers by the damn dozen we were handing them out, right? That's right. So we got it. Now is the time all good dog fans come together and we begin the assault on the national championship. And execution is the only thing that matters. 12 wins or bust, baby. We got to get it done because this year 
with our little slightly weakened non-conference schedule. We don't have Notre Dame to prop us up. We need to run the table. We got to run the table. And that's what I expect. And that's what I demand, right? I know that's what Kirby wants. I know that's what Jake Fromm wants. We want to leave no doubt this year. I know that's what Mel Tucker wants. Mel Tucker, I'm telling you, when I was talking to him, the first thing out of his mouth, I was like, damn, Mel, we had a great year. And I, I think I told you, Jamie, the first thing he said was, yeah, but we still have unfinished business. He did not think for a second about, oh, yeah, you know, it was a great year. It was fun. Yeah, that Rose Bowl thing, that was cool. All he was thinking was, yeah, we lost that last one, and that sucked. I'm telling you, the staff is focused, and the team is focused. And we were practicing like we were four weeks into the season two weeks ago. So we were practicing. We're getting ready. I mean, game number two for me is it, that's going to set the tone for the season. If we go into Columbia and handle our business like we're supposed to, look out. Yes, sir. All right, Jamie. Are you ready to take us out? I'll get us out of here. Let's we're, we're six days away. Only six days out of football in Athens. Look for us next weekend. We'll be there. In the meantime, give us a follow on Twitter, at DogCast. On Facebook, facebook.com slash the DogCast podcast. Email us at dogcast at gmail.com or give us a call, 706-363-0210. And always remember, go dogs.